Let me read to you a passage from Ezekiel 3. It's not what I'm going to be preaching, but uh, maybe it could set the stage for uh, Daniel 3 that we'll be looking at. Ezekiel 3.16 says, At the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me. He's sitting among the captives in Babylon. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. You didn't warn him. I told you to warn him. You didn't. So not only is the wicked man going to die, but you're going to die because you didn't have the courage to tell him what God said. You see that? Verse 19, but if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin, and he does sin, he shall surely live because he took warning and you had delivered your soul. While I've been gone these past eight weeks, we've had deaths in the church. God's got his calendar. They will die whenever he wants, right? And uh, when you're in a congregation for a long time, in my early days, I did weddings all the time. Now I do funerals. And uh, I think that I, I land back here, I'm really sick feel dismal. I'm sick of where our country is. It's getting worse faster than I ever dreamed. When the most brilliantly trained minds of a country in a vote of five to four can say, God doesn't know what he's talking about, and we're going to make a new rule same-gender marriage is norm, and we're going to teach it in our school, teach it in all curriculum, and we may remove tax exemption from churches, remove property taxes exemption, remove preacher's exemption for housing. Any nonprofit that doesn't submit to the decree of the Supreme Court will be in violation. We could take away your nonprofit status. And it's not just we made an opinion, but you must bow or we'll strip you. Our kids, if they want to go to a school, they can't go up to a school that uh, stands with God. They'll lose their Pell Grants. They'll lose all scholarships that come from the government. 
because you've got to agree with the mandate. Your children are going to become the property of the state because the state is going to tell them what their gender's about, what sex is about, and we've invented a third sex, transgender. Now, this pulpit has spoken before, and we will speak again. Homosexuality is a sin. It's sin. Uh, so is womanizing. So is fornication. So is adultery. So is hating nine black brothers and sisters of mine that were shot down in Charleston at a Bible study. It's sin. The times, they're evil. They're wicked. When you can't have a midweek Bible study with nine believers, that doesn't sound too threatening. And we'll even let a white boy in the study and extend the right hand of fellowship, never knowing you're going to kill us all. Uh, Europe. What's going on in Europe? Jews are fleeing Europe again more than ever. They're fleeing Germany because the Muslims are getting a stronger hold in Europe than anybody else. And guess what? Where can the Jew go and not be hunted down and hated and killed? He's got to go to a place called Israel that in 1948 became a state. Anti-Semitism, racism, it's hotter and more evil than... I was in South Carolina when my nine brothers and sisters were killed. I saw guys riding around in pickups with a Confederate flag, defying. And I thought, isn't the Civil War over? Is it not over? Or is it still nice to hate other Christians because they don't have your color? Well, no, there's no Christians that would stoop to that. Are you kidding? Many of the Klan members are deacons. It's a sin to hate a man for the color of his skin. It's a sin. I don't care if he's Latino. I don't care if he's Asian. And I don't care if he's faded out like me. It's wrong to hate him. Have mercy on me. It's wrong. But what's happened is this country, I say, that Prince Coinage says, in God we trust, is imploding on itself. Since Vietnam, we haven't trusted politicians, and it's only exponentially grown. Trump might be the Republican nominee. God have mercy on us. God have mercy. You know, it's not a political pulpit. I don't preach Republican, Democrat, because I don't trust any of them. <laughs> Got it? I don't trust any of them. Uh -uh. They're all bowing. But I do have to admit, in the Republican debate, some men openly profess Christ. I, I'd love to see that in a Democratic convention. Sorry, I'm pro-Jesus. Right. 
But when you think right now that 5,000 years of history of Jews, Muslims beginning 600 A.D. with Mohammed, Christians follow from Genesis. We took Jesus' word that God made them male and female, and he established this as the procreative method of populating the earth. But I just recently heard of a woman who's going to carry the homosexual's baby for $40,000. You can rent my womb for nine months if you give me $40,000. And she said yes. We've got young people that left our church that have now joined a homosexual lifestyle doing the same thing. Now, I'm wondering what your third grader is going to be taught by the time they get sex education down to the seventh grade. What's norm? Nothing's norm. I want to know why the Supreme Court can establish morality. I thought they were overseeing law, not rewriting the Bible and the mores from all the way, whether you're Jew, whether you're Christian, whether you're Muslim, whether you're just a pagan Gentile, we have over five, in the whole history of our civilization, we have known babies only come from a man and a woman. And if you want same-sex marriage, don't be borrowing the womb of some woman. You'll soon die out. You can't reproduce. Now, the race is so evil and wicked that we don't get any further than Genesis 19, and we've got men trying to rape angels. The angels came into Sodom, taking on the form of men. And if you remember, Lot offered to give his daughters to the men. Uh, they were so uh, enraged with lust, they didn't want to rape the girls. They wanted to rape men. And so all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord struck them blind so that they could rescue the men. By the time the Jews go into Canaan, women are having sex with goats. Men are molesting boys. Pedophiles going on. Molech, they sacrifice more than goats. They sacrifice their daughters and their sons. Jeremiah said, it never entered my mind to ask you to give God your sons. This is the God that will give his son, but he never asked for your son. We've got back in Deuteronomy, Leviticus 18, the only sin that he said was an abomination was a man lying with a man as with a woman. He said it again in chapter 20. He said it in Romans 1. He said it in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, that homosexuals, that effeminate. What is effeminate? The effeminate is the male partner who plays the woman's role in the sex act. None of them shall inherit the kingdom of God, neither fornicators. Now, I have to say this. We've grown in the church to accept fornication as a normal among our young people. We can't curb that. Everybody's doing it. And so we can say, wink at this when we ought to be grieved. We can't, we do everything we want, 
It's still going to happen because man is sinful to the core until Christ sets him free. We are sinners by nature. But look at this. We have a government that says you can murder a person in the womb, and we've murdered millions. So do we not have a greater enemy to this country than ISIS? We have people in high places making rules that blaspheme God, throw off his law, and we are going to pay. We are not going to escape. You cannot mock God. So I think I probably have not many years to live. Howards don't live long. But if I live to be 90, that's not long. But I think, you know, what will your children grandchildren, what will happen? 85% of the churches of America are now in decline. John Dickerson, the evangelical disaster. Evangelical giving is now at about 2%. That's what they give, less than 2% even tithe. We have 2.2 million people leave the church every decade. The majority are the young people. I just talked to a man in Dallas yesterday, grown up in the Dallas family, said, my boy just ran away. He doesn't know if he buys the Bible anymore, doesn't know if he buys the faith. How old is he? 17. He claimed to be born again. We baptized him. Now he says, I doubt the Bible. I doubt what I've been taught. And his grandpa was the chaplain of Dallas couldn't be surrounded with more Bible. What about those in your family tree? How many of them have abandoned it and don't want it? So we're in desperate times, which demands desperate living, desperate dependence. I uh, am asking myself, what can I do in such an hour? I feel like I'm only, uh, I've got a water gun trying to fight a forest fire. Do you? The evil is multiplying quicker, and uh, all I do is preach sermons and just hope the saints stay awake or entertain sometimes cranky Christians. Is that where the challenge is? How are we doing in so winning? Our church declined 2% over the last two years. Are we reproducing or just growing old and dying? Are you young people just going to watch us older folks die off? Or when do you play the game? When do you get involved? Why does children's ministry beg for our mom or dad to help us reach kids? When will you quit being lazy and watching the game? Why don't you come and start helping us play the game? We're in a fight. We're in the fight for our life. And you're, you're a spoiled, bratty generation of Americans, like all of us. We're soft. We've never suffered. Our biggest suffering is they've got church on Sunday night. <laughs> or the sermon with 45 minutes. No, 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 no. Because we're asleep. We don't know that the Titanic is headed for an iceberg. Our country is in demise, and if God can destroy Rome by her sins, if he could bring down Babylon, where in the book of Revelation do you find America? It's not found. 
because we don't seem to be one of the final nations. And guess where Antichrist comes from? He comes out of Europe, ten toes out of Europe, and guess who's on the rise? Germany. Germany's beginning to rearm itself because they're seeing Russia and the Ukraine invasion. And guess what? Guess the, the leader of Europe is Germany, economically, powerfully. They can fight, they can build, they can think, and they may be where the world looks for the Antichrist leader. Things are changing. Some think we're going through the trib, some don't think we are. Any way you want, we're in the trip. We're in hard times. Will you evangelize while you have time? When will you get involved? It's sundown on America. And I believe that. I don't think it will get better. When you can kill the babies. Now, now let's do this. With my tax dollar, I support Planned Parenthood, who is now selling the parts of the baby. Did you hear me? We're, they're in the parts business. Oh, you want a, uh, you want a kidney? Well, we got one in the womb over here. We'll uh, dig it out, suck out the rest that we don't want, but we'll keep this, this non-viable life. We'll take the lungs. We'll take the kidneys because it's only a piece of, uh, you know, plasma and, and tissue, but we'll sell it to you for $30,000. This is the country, and you get taxed to help pay for it. And you have no right. Well, I'm living in a state you can vote down homosexuality, and a little small judge can say, we'll overrule the vote of the entire state. Now, I want to tell you, reprobate men are in office. They've been given over to a reprobate mind, according to Romans 1. We're in desperate times, and I may start to sound like Jeremiah around here. I don't feel like dancing. I feel like weeping. Weeping, weeping. Enough said about it. I won't be quiet, but I tell you, it'd be hard for me to go to war to defend those kind of laws. And I'm not a pacifist. Daniel chapter 3, turn there. We're going to go through a narrative, and I want to talk about an alternative, bow or burn, bow or burn. MacArthur just did a, uh, uh, it's, it's gone viral, we will not bow, and if you want your blood to boil more, go up and see it. We will not bow. They've already got lawsuits against Grace Church, and they're already attacking their entrance uh, exams. Coming in, well, we accept homosexual, you've got to by law. They're saying we won't, so they're already uh, up for liables, already being sued. So uh, uh, I hope we don't get sued, but who said we're exempt? If I go to jail, I hope you visit. <laughs> I'm appointing David to represent the church. Uh, Daniel 3. We've got uh, three Hebrew boys that have been taken from Jerusalem into Babylon. Why did God let Israel go into captivity for 70 years? Idolatry. Idolatry. And God kept warning them through the prophets, if you keep bowing to these other gods, 
I'm going to let them conquer you. And you read it through the kings and the chronicles. The northern kingdom is sacked in 606 by Assyria. Judah falls in 586 B.C. And it's all over idolatry. Now we've got some Babylonian uh, captives, Jewish boys, that in chapter 1 with Daniel, they would not eat the king's meat. They stood and uh, stood for their conviction, and uh, they fared well. They were given promotion. Now we come to chapter 3, and Nebuchadnezzar uh, has decided to make a golden image. Uh, we don't know if it was of himself, uh, whatever, but in this, they're going to play out on the plains of Shinar. They're going to bring all the government officials. The band is going to strike it up. And when the music starts, they are to all bow down. And, uh, but you come to uh, verse 6, and whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Uh, what a horrific challenge. If you're a Jewish boy that's a true believer, you're a monotheist, only the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is your God. And we've already seen Jerusalem sacked. We've seen our women raped. We've seen our kill children killed because we bowed to other gods. We've seen what idolatry did to our people. How do you think we got exiled? We're in David's land. This is God's promised land. But God said in Deuteronomy, if you don't abide by the rules, I'm going to kick you off the land. It's called the Palestinian Rental Agreement. You do Israel what I say, or I remove you. And so here we've got these Hebrew boys that are God lovers, true remnant, outstanding young men, probably brothers, Daniel. They're already serving government posts. MacArthur brings out the fact that many Christians in high places are going to lose their jobs. He had a judge get a hold of him that he probably will lose his position as a judge because he won't perform same-sex marriages. So this brilliant mind we have to take off the bench, and guess what we'll replace it with? More reprobate minds. And so, everybody bows. And all of a sudden, the Chaldeans, who were really envious of these Jewish boys getting promotions, promotions. You know, whether you like Jews or not, in every field in the world, practically, God has taken a Jew to the top. Finance, music. The drip system came right out of Israel. No, no, no. God's hand, even in their rebellion, even in their rejection, God preserves little Israel. 
Why, why don't all the Arabs just invade her right tonight and wipe her off the map? Why hasn't that been done yet? The unseen hand of God, friend. The unseen hand of God. Therefore, the Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They tell the king, hey, the music blew, but there's certain Jews in verse 12 that they didn't get the message. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the Babylonian names. These men don't pay any attention to you. They don't serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, he's been publicly disgraced and shamed. He is furious. Uh, he calls the boys in, and he inquires in verse 14, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image I've set up? Now, I'm going to give you a second chance. I, I know hearing aids go out. Hearing can be defective. I know you're men of intelligence. So, um, I'm going to give you a second chance, and if you don't worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And here, here's the insult. Here is the insult. This is where he gets in trouble. And who is the God who can deliver you out of my hands? See, the Hebrew boys are no threat to a pagan king. But these pagan kings would make fun of their God. Sennacherib did this when he's trying to invade Israel. And he came down to Judah, and Hezekiah is there. And Hezekiah is telling the people from Isaiah, strengthen, look to God, trust him, God will deliver us. And Sennacherib said, don't listen. Don't listen to your prophet. Don't listen to Sennacherib. Name me one God of all the peoples we have conquered that's been able to deliver well, Sennacherib, that night you're going to lose 185,000 men and you're going to go back to your home country and your two boys are going to stab you to death in your house of worship. You don't mess with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's powerful. He is powerful. But they made fun of this God. You can't deliver these bunch of Jews. They're a little pocket of people. Whoa, you can kick them around, make fun. Their God, oh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you should have kept your mouth shut. They're, they're easy, to, but you just brought their God. Who, what, name me a God that can deliver from this fiery furnace. Now he brings the boys up, and, and look at this. He asked, okay, how are you going to respond? Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer you in this matter. We've already gone on record. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. Now, there's two things here, God's ability and God's willingness. Is God able to save your son or your daughter? Is God able to deliver you from your trial? 
Is it his will? Will he do it? It's not a lack of ability. And these Hebrew boys already know it was the will of God to send us into exile. He had the power to keep the nations from defeating us, but it's the will of God that we're in exile, that we're right here in your court. But listen, listen, O king. Listen, Supreme Court. Listen, Nero. Listen, Haman. Listen, Hitler. Listen, if our God wants to, he's able. He's got the ability. You're pushing around omnipotence. I just saw a documentary where Hitler claimed to be Messiah of the German people. And then he dies with Eva Braun in a bunker surrounded in rubble. The men who've claimed to be greater than our God have not done well. Herod claimed to be God, and Josephus said he was stricken with a disease in the bowels, and his bowels came out of his body, and he died a vicious death. The worms ate up the man that claimed to be greater than our God. Our God is not going to remain silent. He said in Romans 1, I will give you up, I will give you up, I'll give you over to your vile affections, and you will destroy yourself, and I will let your culture die. Don't you take on God, United States of America. Don't you take on God, whoever you think you are, Muslim world. Don't take on the God and Father of our Lord. He will win the battle. 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 Now, here's the thing. But even if he doesn't decide to do it now and he wants me to die a martyr's death, just like he did in the book of Acts, just like we did through church history, the brother and I are going through a church history devotional that a dear family in the church gave me. Every day it's a, a segment of church history. And as you read that, the martyrs, the people that... Uh, the rope didn't dissolve. The, the fire didn't go out. They died at the stake. They died. That's the issue I ask ourselves. Will you bow or will you be willing to be burned? Do we have that kind of backbone? Can we take suffering for our faith? Can we take, you know, it's like, there in South Carolina, not only was our brothers and sisters killed, but within a week, seven of their churches burned down. In a week. Hate, hate is a terrible thing, and sometimes God's people have not always been delivered. They have heard the Lord say, I'll go with you through the fire. But I must say, he has secret power over the flame. We'll keep on. Well, Nebuchadnezzar's filled with rage. He says uh, uh, they, they always know what they're saying, but heat the furnace seven times hotter, which we don't know how they could even do that. It's a, an expression, a, a superlative. As hot as you can get it, and so hot, and, and the haste was so quick that it burned up the soldiers, imagine, throwing them in, and all of a sudden, they're in there, and this pagan king gets up. I'm astonished. Uh, something's wrong. What's wrong? 
Did we not throw in three? Verse 20, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? Yes, we know how to count. He answered and said, I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. It was the son of God. But this is a pagan. He, doesn't, he calls him an angel later. He doesn't know what he is, but somebody in this walking around. The fourth man has visited many a dungeon of his people. The fourth man keeps showing up in history, shows up for Joshua, shows up for Peter at the jail. The fourth man is God the Son, and he showed up. And then they pull him out, said, let's examine these men. Uh, their hair's not sins. Look at this. As you go down, the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. Verse 27, the hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed, did not smell like fire. And listen to what Nebuchadnezzar says. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him. He didn't deliver those who bowed. He delivered those who trusted him. And set aside the king's command. He's made the command, but they had enough nerve to take me on. And yielded up their bodies. Ah, would you be willing to yield up your body? Do you love Jesus enough not to bow? Or what gods have you already bowed to? Do you think American Christians are bowing to other gods? Pleasure, money, sex, pornography, addicted to alcohol, to drugs. I just do a little marijuana Friday night. We just see a little porno. It enriches our marriage because sin always helps out your marriage. 75% of men going to church, they say, are now addicted to pornography. And 50% of them are pastors. Christianity today, look it up. Imagine coming to church and thinking, that out of every four men, 75% of them have been looking at naked women before they came to church, and we wonder where the power of God and the power of revival and the power of holiness happens to be, and we're wondering why our kids can't keep pure. How are you doing, Dad? It's a dirty church in a dirty world. Can you flee sin? Are you? Or are you bowing? Offerings ready for... $1,000 summer slump in the hole. 200 of you are members. You don't give. Why? Why don't you just graciously ask your membership to be dropped? Because you're breaking covenant. You don't mean it. You're not standing with us. You've already bowed. Everything else is more important than propagating this ministry or the ministry of any Christ-honoring church. If every member of this church was just like you, what kind of church would this be? I'm looking for some men and women who will stop bowing. And I love what a son-in-law said a great word to me. I've watched the game too long. I want to play the game. And you know, 
If you think you're doing the will of God by sitting down here hearing me preach, you've missed it by a thousand miles. God saved his people, gave them a spiritual gift, gave them the Holy Spirit, gave them the great commission, and when in the world are we going to use what he gave us and do what he said? Huh? Don't tell me. You know, some people say, well, when are you going to do another class? Wait, friend. I've been teaching them for 45 years. Ain't no issue whether I'm going to teach. What are you going to do? I signed up for life at 15. And I don't want, Carol and I, as we celebrate our 50th, and I looked at her and I said, I have no regrets. We did it God's way. I have no regrets. Are you living with regrets? You know, I think of my own brother who was out there some years, had some hard years. But let me tell you, friend, by the time God reeled him in when this church started and he got right with God, hasn't missed here 40-some-odd years. Dave Smith, his mother, used to uh, uh, meet with him. We would talk. Elsie Schaefer, one of the most precious ones. Elfie, oh, yeah, well, I'm not another German gown safer. I'm sorry. But she lives in Raisin City, Fresno. But Elsie Smith, she used to do our flowers. Wonderful. She said, I, I've got a son out of church. One's run with Jack Van Impey, Charles, wonderful Christian ed director. But I got a son that he's away from home, away from the God I introduced him to. And at Holy Ghost Hall, he'd come in from riding the beat as a CHP and stand with his mom and dad. And God wooed him back, wooed him back. You've been here faithful for 30 years, David. He, if no one else gets touched in the service, David will. You've got to give him a handkerchief now because he remembers how mean and lost and far away he was. But God brought him home. Have you come home? Are you home? Are you in the yoke? What are we going to do? I'm going to trust Christ because I know Bible prophecy that most folks don't know. They're so confused about it. They don't even, they can't figure out the date when he's coming, so they've given it up. He's coming, friend. I don't care if it's mid, post, or pre. I'm going to hope for pre, but I'm going to be looking for him no matter what he does. Jesus is coming. He's going to reign. He's going to conquer his enemies. And he's going to take every reprobate that has made fun of his law, cast it off, and say, we will say what the sexes do. We will say what goes on in the womb. We'll kill it if we can use it. We'll kill it, and we'll make a law. But let me tell you, America is not my God. It's my country. It's not my God. I don't bow. I, you know what? what's an amazing thing about Daniel and these three boys? They get a promotion. They got a job promotion that day by Nebuchadnezzar. They were some of the top officials. And guess what? Um, the uh, Christians in this country ought to be the best representatives we've got working for government. But government is not God. God gave five things to restrain sin in the world. One, he gave conscience. Romans 
2.16, that even their conscience, if they don't have the law of God, speaks against them when they do wrong. Two, he gave parents. Parents were supposed to use the rod and bring enough pain to little children that they would know wrong is wrong, right is right, and disobedience brings some form of penalty. Did I say abuse? Thank you. I said a little pain, and that's open to interpretation. So we'll go on. So conscience, parents, government. Government's been given a sword, 1 Timothy 1. Government is there to control the lawless, the murderer, those that want to hurt you. Thank God for good policemen. Somebody's got to restrain the evil around us. Okay. Fourthly, he gave the church that is supposed to be salt and light in the world. Are you having any effect on where you are? You're supposed to be salt and light. This church, what do you think we do children's ministry for? Why are we doing youth groups? Why well, is not our responsibility to raise your kids? They're yours. Why are we paying guys to help reach them? Because we think they're worth reaching. And we hope they'll come to Christ. And we're not sure they'll necessarily come to Christ just being in your home. What are you doing in your home? Is it a tech center or is it a Christ center? You're going to hope I take another eight weeks off, but I'm, t- I'm back. <laughs> I ain't here messing around. I don't care. I care that we're in crises, and in my spirit, I'm saying, if I had Stephen here, I just would have Steve for dad, and he'd set the jaw, and we would both just set our jaw. We're not going to bow by the grace of God. We're not going to bow. We're not going to bow. We're not going to bow. We're going to <laughs> obey God. Obey God. Let's stand.